0: Hey, Siri, find me a dope podcast for black insurance professionals.
1: Connecting you to Soba Live.
0: What's going on, Soba family? Welcome to Soba Live, where industry and culture meet. I am T Priester, co founder of Soba and president of Noble.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Shay Norman, co founder of Soba and founder of the Bridge Financial Accountability Coaching Company. What's up, everybody?
0: Thank you all for joining us tonight. And hey, remember, before you comment, or before right now, when you jump in the room, let us know who you are, where you're from. Remember, we can't see who's speaking because of how stream StreamYard is set up. So before y'all get to talking, make sure you just drop a quick comment. Let us know that you're listening and watching tonight. Remember, we are on YouTube. We're also on Apple and Spotify. So again, thank you for joining us tonight. We got a dope show for you all. But before we get into that, Shay, it's Monday again.
2: It is. Thank God. Thank God. It we
0: is. another week.
2: Sure did. Um... I'll I'll ask you about your weekend in a moment, but mine was, I would say, was pretty chill. Spent time with my mom and some other mothers that are super important in my life. And I love the weather. It was cool. so windy and sunny. So I enjoyed my weekend. What about you?
0: Yeah. So I, I had a pretty, you know, my weekends are usually for the last, probably for the last month or so. My weekends have been really chill. But um, I got hit up Thursday night, a uh, buddy of mine, one of his business partners, had uh, some tickets to a concert at arena, uh concert philip arena Phillips arena um it was called the west coast something I can't remember it's new b40 um who else was there uh, ice cube so you know went out went out and did that but before we did that we hit up um there's a brewery in Atlanta I didn't even know they opened this um, run by a few of the members of the nappy roots the, the hip hop group Oh, so nice. they just opened a brewery here in Atlanta. So we swung in there, sampled some beers, swung over to the arena, did the concert. Um, next day I, I recuperated. It was Good. it was a long night. I ain't been to a concert in a minute. And um, Good. you know, when you got the whole West Coast crew in there, the contact was the contact high was real. So it was it was a very interesting uh evening. But then um Saturday and Sunday chilled. I actually kind of been watched a couple of things I've been watched. I've been wanting to get to. Um uh, finished The Ozark on so on did Netflix. So did I. And yeah. then um, I actually started, I got to power really late. I told you about two months ago. I, I, I'm like 10 years late. I finally caught power. And I watched, um, I guess it's book two about okay. Tariq the Sun. So I just chilled for the weekend and um, caught caught up on some, some, TV and stuff and
2: we'll have to talk about Ozarks. I didn't know you were watching it, but I even watched the um I guess the, the kind of recap of the show. That was really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. cool. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We got a couple of comments real quick. Um greetings, beautiful souls. I'm excited right. about tonight. Hey, back at you.
2: That's right. Uh,
0: remember, drop your names because we can't tell because of uh StreamYard who y'all are. But um yeah, so that's that's my weekend. Uh back at it Monday, had a really busy Monday, but again, you know, thank God I'm here. So no complaints from my side. Good. And um uh, we got a dope conversation and guests. You know, we say that we're the dopest podcast for black insurance professionals, right? And I love mm-hmm. I've been watching some of the recaps on our YouTube channel and our interviews. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm the best interviewer, but I guess they bring it every week. Just saying,
2: give it props. Give it they, props.
0: They, they bring it every week. So, you know, Sober Family, what do you think about us possibly extending the length of the podcast? Because we had Ashley on for two weeks. If y'all didn't catch that podcast, go back. YouTube, Apple.
2: Making Spotify, Money Matters.
0: Making yep. Money Matters, Yeah. Uh, and we still didn't really cover a lot of stuff that we wanted to cover. We talked about the um, um the
2: wealth what, transfer, I, the greatest yeah, wealth, the great transfer. wealth
0: transfer, yeah, and how you know black families are missing out. And there's so much more to that conversation. I mean, Montoya jumped on the end. The comments were flowing, and you know we just didn't really get to cover it. So we're, we're kind of toying with it. Um, but you know, just let us know what you think. Will another half hour do it? Um, maybe start a little earlier to give y'all a little more time just kind of figuring that out but we would love to hear what you all
2: think absolutely
0: so industry news if we want to jump into that so we can get our guests on here
2: you know what reading industry news so it's a lot going on as always in our industry when you look at stateside you look at national and international but the thing that i think is being talked about most the thing that's plaguing us the most is the rising cost of insurance. The rate's just rising and rising. I was looking at Allstate. I believe they're going to end up raising rates about 8%, and um, several companies are following suit. So, you know, the carriers are being hit. Consumers are being hit. Inflation rose um, 8.5% in March, the highest it's been since 81. You know, (laughs) so... Everything is going up. The way I look at this as far as agents and our responsibility, you know, for a lot of people in our community who are strained financially, the first thing that will go is insurance. And a lot of times we think life insurance is the first thing that'll go. Maybe. But then car insurance is following behind. So there are a lot of people out there riding around uninsured because they're looking at the cost of their individual policy going up, but not looking at it in the context of what's happening globally even, Um, but, you know, just, just nationally, nationally. So I would definitely say, especially, you know, our property and casualty, our folks who are dealing with um, auto insurance, make sure you're reaching out to your clients and looking at strategies as to how they can cut down their premiums. Maybe when they got their policies, they had things on their policy that were very necessary at the time. Maybe those things aren't necessary anymore and they can reduce the cost. Uh, but we we definitely don't want people out here riding without insurance. It's it's so dis destabilizing, you know, yeah. not having insurance, life insurance, auto insurance, all of it is just destabilizing when it comes to finances. But this is something that the the popos are looking, you know, to stop you and for you to not have insurance. I know we're going to get into a conversation about rates a little bit later, but honestly, looking at Florida, Florida has now seven insurance carriers that are going out of business. One company, the last company that I saw them talk about, uh, wait a minute. I was going to give you the name. I thought I was going to give you the name. But let's just say the very last company, the the last of the seven, are like letting go of 152 152 policies. And it's a smaller one, but it just keeps continuing to drop. I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about at that point, it was four carriers. Mm-hmm. So now it's seven. And of course, Ron mm-hmm. DeSantis is having a special you know um legislative session down there to talk about this and see what can be done but um but yeah, I just say it's, it's 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 not a good situation when it comes to insurance rates and um and inflation,
0: yeah, I mean, one of the things I love about our industry is there's a lot of money to be made in the insurance industry a couple of for the last couple of weeks we've been talking about you know, agents out there doing the wrong thing when you don't have to, like there's enough money to be made. But, you know, when I look at inflation and you talk about this is the highest it's been since the eighties and how it's impacting people, like people are cutting corners left and right to try to not just save money, but survive. Right. Right. So, you know, when, when you get into a situation where you're riding without car insurance, or you're going without health insurance indefinitely, definitely without life insurance, you really put yourself and your family at risk. But I understand, you know, if it comes down to food on the table, medication or this, you know, you're going to try it. You know, you you may ride dirty for a couple of days until you can get that figure, that situation figured out. Cause got to get to work. Like, you know, y'all know I'm a procrastinator. So my tags expired. My birthday just passed in April. So my two days before my tags were going to expire, I, I took my car to the shop and, um, because a service light came on. So I was about to take it to emissions. I took it to the shop. And the guy's like, well, you can't take it to emissions with a light on. They'll fail you right. automatically. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know that. So I got the mo- one of the most expensive cars to get repaired. I drive a Mercedes. So everything is like three times the norm. And it- I had like a $1,500 bill. I had to get repaired to get the light off before I got emissions or my tag would have expired, which would have caused more issues if I got pulled over. But I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, thank God I'm in a position where I can take care of this. But what about a person that couldn't, right? Because Your missions is tied to your title. And then, like you say, you know, there are people that are having to choose if they can afford to continue to pay their auto insurance and all these other things. That's, that's a serious thing that we need to figure out. And maybe, you know, our guests can speak to that a little more tonight, but,
2: well, what and I will say,
0: is frustrating.
2: what I will say, you know, just be just being completely honest, let's be real. There is a lot of just consumerism, right? Consumerism is it for today in every way. And I will venture to say that there are some folks out there who are paying for things that they don't need and letting go of their insurance that's a little bit of a different conversation and like i say i think it's important for us to not only educate because you reach out to protect your book right and say you know i want to you know just how you doing miss jones how's everything going with your policy all of that you want to do that to protect your book but at the same time educate and protect those your clients miss jones even who might be sitting at home ordering tons of things off amazon that she does not need you know but saying that her car insurance is too high so because it is so high and because it is a necessity, not only are we having to figure out what's most important to pay for, we also have to shift in the way that we are just like consuming everything that we can. And let me go back real quick. I want to just add a little um, context to the story I gave earlier. So as of May 1st, seven property insurance companies in Florida are currently in liquidation. Nat, which has... 152,000 policies in Florida is the last one that dropped off. So I I wanted to clarify that more because I know we were, you know, onto a good point, you know, about people having to choose and cost being high. But this article also makes me think, okay, so if FedNet seventh company in Florida is dropping its clients, that's 152,000 policies in Florida then i'm just thinking about the monopoly of it all the companies that are able to come in and pick these policies up pick these clients up and then have a free for all when it comes to the policies continuing to go up just because they have so much control so that's a scary thing too i mean there's a lot lot a hmm. lot of scary stuff going on but i just thought i would add that because that's something that you know Is already a concern for sure here in Georgia and in several, several states across the nation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And it's a great time to be an agent if you're doing the right thing. Right. Right. People are asking questions. So if you're doing your job, it's a great time to be doing what we're doing. If you're doing your job, right. So a couple of comments, somebody said, Georgia has the highest, hold on, let me pop that up. The highest car insurance, in the country. Interesting.
2: Now, so let me just say, I'm not sure when, whomever that is, I would love to see um, your name because what I'm seeing is Louisiana. Now I know Georgia was in the top 50, the last, I'm sorry, 50, the top five, the last time I checked. Um, So if Georgia has slid past Louisiana and is number one, I was not aware of that. Hmm. I was so Michigan,
0: Louisiana was number one.
2: Right. In this last article that I'm looking up at updated March um, 9th, L- Louisiana was number one. But again, this is something that our guest, our esteemed guest can speak to because um, he's got to know he's got to know this stuff. So so we'll get into that a little bit more. Um just reading off a couple of the. Comments. Um, OK, Tamika Walker is in the house from. South Carolina. What's up, Nicole Tamaker. Simpson in the house. What's up, y'all? Look
0: forward to what's seeing up? you later this week, Nicole. Um, Kim,
2: what's up? Sp- hey, Kimberly Kim is in the house. Kimberly is in the house. Thank you for the connection, Kimberly. Um, and then lastly, it says this is some real stuff, life situations for some folks. It is truly about shifting, and Black folks are used to making a way out of no way. Absolutely uh, resourceful as we can be. Agents, work it out. Thank you, Armita. Love it. Yeah. But but let's let's move forward. Like I said, this is this is a big deal. And I you know, we always want to talk about what's in the headlines, but bring it home to say, okay, well, what part do I play as an agent, but also as a consumer? We're consumers as well. So we need to review our policies and make sure that we're doing our due diligence um, for ourselves and our families. But um, moving right along.
0: All right. So. Oh, we got an ad tonight. We got to ad before before we do our guest. So I'm going to kind of ad-lib this family because we have been beating this. Oh, you got more I news? I thought
2: you had a culture. Oh, you're going to wait for your piece. We're going to bring our guest in to do okay. the okay. culture. Yeah, okay.
0: he said he's ready. So we're going to do that. So I'm going to do a quick ad again. going to ad-lib this a little bit because we've been beating y'all over the head with this for the last two months. Black Friday is here. This Friday, May 13th, the gathering spot. Yes. Okay. Early registration has ended, but general registration is now open. The link to the event is all over the Facebook page, all right? If you have not registered like I asked y'all not to be on <laughs> Color People Time, and some of y'all still calling me saying, hey, can I still register? Yes you can, right? But don't. Show, I'm going to tell y'all right now, don't show up Friday knocking on the door talking about, can I get in? Because we might say no. But seriously, we need you to register because we're providing we providing lunch. We got somebody coming out and do headshots. Um, the carriers are going to be there. So this Friday, Black Friday, if you have not registered, please click on the link. Go over to Event Byte, Register. We would love to see you all Friday. We got some great stuff lined up. One of our, our guests from tonight is actually going to be there on yeah. Friday. So, again, please sign up. We would love to see you all Friday for Black Friday friday atl all right so let's go ahead now and let's bring our guests in shay and let you introduce our guests for this evening
2: without further ado we bring to you the change that georgia deserves mr raphael baker running for insurance commissioner of georgia how you doing
1: hey i'm great how are y'all
2: doing good did you did you hear us you were wanting to get into the conversation
1: about the insurance well actually what first wanted me to jump into the conversation you all talked about ozark and power i mean those are two (laughs) of my shows so i'm sitting here like oh let me in let me in (laughs) well
0: we're, we're glad to have you we had a great conversation behind stage i know shay was able to talk to you and your campaign manager about a week ago so i thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule, which I'm sure is very busy to join us tonight.
2: Yes. Yo, you bring you. up Thanks a good um me. a good uh topic though. You just brought me back to Ozar. We might need to have like another conversation because that whole story does involve financial services and I-, I was like locked in from the jump, even though it didn't end up there. You know, that wasn't the na- main theme. But um but it was amazing. But Raphael <laughs> We had a conversation, you, myself, and your lovely manager, um, campaign manager, Tamika Murray, which she's awesome as well. We had a story, and it really made me laugh because, you know, I think about you running for insurance commissioner, and you all, I was trying to prep him. I was, you know, just taking him through the regular what we do. We send questions, we prep a person or whatnot. And Raphael was like, if you stay ready, you do not have to get ready. He said, you don't have to get ready. That's what he really said. And it made me. Period. Okay, it made me laugh because you think about insurance and you think about politics, two of the things that most people would think are so boring. You know, well, politics hasn't been boring in the last, I would say, 12 years or so. But you being at the intersection of those two and being such a vibrant person, I just wonder, like, how do you get to that intersection being who you are?
1: Right. Well, you know, after being in the insurance industry for over 20 years, I decided, you know, politics needed some seasoning. Mm. Usually we think politics, we think old white men that are in the sunset of their lives. So, you know, there needed to be somebody in this race that represented us, that represented the culture, someone that is vibrant and someone who's also fearless. So I said, hey, if not me, then
2: who? So here I am. That's right. So when did you really, and then TP, I know you got a ton of questions, but when was it that you actually decided, you know, to put your hat in the ring? Talk about that, but also talk about the influence that John Lewis, you know, our champion for good trouble, talk about how he influenced you too. I read that um, at your site about the Democratic Convention in 2019, 2018, yeah.
1: Yes. So, yeah, I I had been toying around with the idea for several years. But, you know, timing is everything. But back in 2018, I went to the Georgia Democratic Convention. And while I was there, I got to hear John Lewis speak. God rest his soul. And, you know, like when you're in church and -hmm. the pastor's preaching and you feel like they're talking directly to you. Well, his message was about bringing fresh blood into the Democratic Party to come take the torch that mm-hmm. him and his generation lit. And when he said that, it was like, bam, it just hit me right in my heart. I was like, hey, he's talking directly to me. OK, another thing that prompted me to get in, my, my best friend, my business partner, my everything, Diaz Allen, he passed away from kidney failure in 2019. But prior to his death, you know, for three years, he was in and out of hospitals. I spent so much time with him in the hospital because I didn't trust our healthcare system. So, I mean, I remember spending weeks at a time in there, laid up in that uncomfortable chair because I wanted to make sure my friend was OK. I also got to see firsthand how tangled this health insurance web is. And fortunately, he had insurance, but then I thought about all of the people that didn't. So his story, John Lewis, coupled with my experience, and I had seen, you know, all of the people that had run and won before, and all of the ones that had run and lost. And I'm like, you know what? I can I can do this, you know. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm really I'm about change. I, I'm passionate about our industry, but I'm also passionate about people in
2: service. So again, if not me, then who? All right. Right. I'm all about genuineness and authenticity. So we appreciate that. Thank you.
0: So one of the things I love is when you and Shay were talking and we usually give our guests a few questions, a few talking points, a few topics. And you was like, we good. We can just talk about whatever. So I know Shay jumped right into it, but there was another industry news story that you said you would want to jump into. You don't know what the topic is. You would just say, bring me in. You know, I'll be more than happy to give my two cents on the opinion. So. Our other industry news story, not really industry news. We say industry and culture. So this is more of a cultural piece. So Kevin Samuels passed away this week, right? So the internet is going crazy. You know, there's stories all over the place. Some people said he died broke. Some people said, you know, 1.4 million followers on social media. He ain't broke, this, that, whatever. But I was having a conversation with someone and I said, you know, regardless of what his situation is, what I've been saying to my my male friends is, regardless of you married, single, whatever, have your affairs in order, right? We I don't care what the gossipers are saying or whatever, but sometimes as single men, we tend to move a little differently. And even though we may have our stuff in order, other people don't know where it is. Like when you're married, your wife knows and a lot of times handles that stuff. You're in a relationship, that person knows. But when you're single, you know, you out there moving a little differently. So, you know, my conversation has been, make sure not only do you have your stuff in order that people know where your stuff is because i don't know what's true but the woman he was with is not his wife so she don't know nothing you know the mother's trying to figure out certain things and she hasn't lived with him for a while so i just thought it was interesting because i always try to find a way to bring these stories back to what i do right but I'm going to let you speak first, Raphael, and then Shay, what is your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on this? Anything.
1: Okay. Well, you know, like we said, this is for the culture. And as a single man, yes, y'all, I'm single, so jump in my DMs. Uh, (laughs) But no, I, I have a plan, you know, and there are key people in my family that I let know. Like, I have everything scheduled out and planned out down to... How I don't want a funeral. I want a roast. I want everybody mm. to sit around and talk junk about me. Nice. But I have all of that written. I have it with a key person, but I also established a contingent person just in case that person isn't around anymore. Right. But if you don't have someone that you can talk to, you know, I would say your agent, your estate planners, there are several people that you can have that would really have that information. That way your family is not scrambling. And that right. you know, was real unfortunate about, about him. But when when he passed away, though, I know this isn't funny, but they said, uh, have you all seen Color Purple?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. They
1: course. said, uh, h- h- how did he die? On top no of <laughs> So that was like the first thing I thought. My bad, y'all. Well, I'm glad <laughs> no, you- No, no, no. You, you said won't. it.
0: You, you, I'm good with it.
2: But you know, you, you said something earlier, TP. You said that single men move differently. Y'all watch how y'all moving, you know, if this, if this story is true, then it's like he met someone, took her home. Now, I get it. Single men move differently, but take her home to where you're, you know, seemingly your valuables, you know, your, your life, you go to sleep with people, like literally sleep, you know, mm-hmm. with people around that you don't know. Um, seems very irresponsible. And I was just really surprised to hear anything. I was surprised to hear that. Um, it The surprise didn't last for long because, you know, I really thought about it and it said, hey, a lot of people are presenting themselves online in a way that just doesn't reflect their real life right. um, to the point that I believe that there are many people who are living out these lives online that they then have to align their real life with. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. your avatar is leading the way instead of your real, you know, logical self. But Be that as it may, I think it's very unfortunate that anyone is dancing on the grave of or celebrating or anything like that, the death of of someone, especially the cause of death is not something that um, is no respecter of person. Death is no respecter of person, but the condition for our community is a severe issue. And so I I hope to see less and less of that.
0: Yeah. When when I say move differently... (laughs) I was talking I about sometimes we're not as organized as we need to be. I, I know what yeah, you I wouldn't talk about all that other stuff, Shay. I'm just saying yeah, yeah. that as
2: right. it made. All that extra.
0: Raphael, Raphael <laughs> come He said, "You know, let people know where your stuff is." Yeah. Right. That that's yeah, what I'm thing. saying. More more that like my kids. Well, y'all know covered that. Talking. Yeah, y'all huh? covered
2: that. Y'all covered that. All right. But yeah. but but I'm saying, you know, I, I do believe I do believe that as insurance agents, financial advisors. Because we work with people to help secure them to help solidify futures to help them leave a legacy and things, I tend to think, and I could be wrong that we have a heightened sense of responsibility. I just do look at the two of you, you know what you just said, both as single men um so yeah, so for me as as an agent, someone who's used to like I said security and wanting to secure other people, I just found that very i just found that very interesting, i mean in your house but I digress.
0: (laughs) That could be a whole conversation.
2: That is a whole conversation.
0: It replaced the whole, I I think the last big culture story we covered was uh, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. So this is the the flavor of the day. So
1: I missed that
2: one. Yeah, Yeah. You missed out, but to bring it back though, really to, to Raphael and who he is, one of the things that you talked about, um, was Diaz Allen, and we're so sorry for your loss we Thank we you. talked about that we connected on that and talked about how impactful that story was. you know when we read it uh individually, one of the um industry news stories that I was going to talk about earlier had to do with um a husband, a black husband out in California um suing Cedar Sinai Hospital. Saying basically that if his wife was Caucasian, that he believes that yesterday on Mother's Day, she would have been there with her boys. So it's interesting that, you know, you named a lot of different things that was going on that made you heightened. And I'm not sure if racism played a part in it, but I think that for us, it's important for us to also protect ourselves and be mindful that racism lurks everywhere and hospitals are no exception um, surgery rooms are no exception so that was something to me like I said that that really touched us that that you talked about that aside from aside from disparities and disorganization in the hospital system talk about the auto insurance rates and as far as your campaign right. How are you addressing that? How are you, you know, telling us that you you look at the situation? What are what do you propose to do?
1: Okay, so so thank you, thank you for that. So I heard somebody say that Georgia was number one, um, but yeah, Georgia is currently number five, but it is definitely headed to number one, which is another reason why I'm running. So there's several reasons why our insurance rates are crazy, but before I get into that. Let's talk about the inequity in the insurance rates. Let's talk about the inequity. So a lot of people, what a lot of people don't know, that there are several socioeconomic factors that impact your insurance rates that have nothing to do with your driving history, like your credit score, your marital status. So, yeah, look, we would pay more because we're single, whether or not you own a home. There are so many things and that disproportionately impacts black people. So that's one of the things that I'm going to fight to put a stop to. You know, we talked about how, you know, a lot of people have to choose between eating and paying their insurance rates. Well, a lot of times black people are paying double and even triple of what non-black people are paying. Another reason car insurance rates are so crazy in Georgia, there are a lot of companies that don't properly segment the risks. Some of these companies are putting the good risk in with the bad risk. The good drivers are in with the bad drivers. And so when they're driving crazy, guess what? You as a good driver is going to impact you as well. The Department of Insurance, what the Department of Insurance does, it, it regulates everything insurance related in the state. So when these companies file for these rate increases, I'm gonna have my team do a deep dive into that and ensure that is proper segmentation of those risks. That's gonna give us some relief. Another thing that we can do, we need safer drivers on the road. Now, you know, like we have a lot of crazy drivers in these streets, crazy, (laughs) crazy, crazy. So this driving education is really important. You know, I'm gonna partner with several organizations that provide that that provide that defensive driving you know the driving safety so we can get better drivers drivers on the road and another thing a lot of people that really can't drive i'm going to suggest that you just take uber
2: <laughs> that's real that's real we do have another option i would imagine too when you talk about people just driving unsafe you know, when you look at the way we, you know, hold our phones or our, you know, have a holder for your phone, but still looking at the phone while you're driving, of course, I don't know what the numbers are, but definitely drug use and alcohol abuse has gone up since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So when you think about all that, it it really makes the road um, sound scary. Are there any states that you have in mind that you look to to say when it comes to segmentation of insurance? that this state or that does a good job?
1: You know, I, honestly, I don't think any of them does a fantastic job, but my goal is to make Georgia the example. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. right now we're number five for worse, but why can't we be best? Right. I really believe in what we can accomplish. And, you know, we can actually create that template for everybody else to follow. You know, I, I'm a pioneer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's be the first. Let's really make this happen.
0: So speaking of pioneers, I I didn't get a chance to do the research before we came on tonight, but Shay, you actually mentioned this in our planning meeting. I wanted to look up how many Black insurance commissioners there are in the U.S. So, Shea or Rafael, would y'all would you have? I, an I answer can answer
1: that, that one. So in Georgia, there has been zero. So when I win, I'll actually be the first. But one thing about me is after I'm the first, I promise I'm not going to be the last because I'm all about creating access and opportunity. So when I kick that door down, guess what? I'm bringing people with me. And if I'm not mistaken, there have only been two or three other ones in the country. So this, you know, you know how we don't have a lot of people of color or black people in the insurance industry, period. That number shrinks way more when it comes to people in positions of power in these states.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. um, I want to ask you this because we didn't touch on the fact that we, so we had Janice Laws Robinson on earlier, Mm -hmm. and I'm so glad that we got to have the both of you on at this point. Um, and maybe who knows, maybe we'll have some others. Um, but the conversation that we were having with her, we specifically were discussing how in Georgia, basically it sounds really, really unfair. Now we know insurance companies. Yes. They help reduce, eliminate, regulate risk. Right. But they are also in the business of making money, tons and tons of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we talked about how in Georgia, as it stands, the regulating part of rates really has to do with the insurance carriers themselves just competing. You yeah. know, so speak to that is is the ins- with the insurance commissioner's job and responsibility. How does one tackle that?
1: So, yeah. So that's not totally true. Because although there are certain bills and laws, the insurance commissioner still gets to choose whether or not to accept that filing. So yes, we have work to do to change these laws and change these rates. That's why one of the things that I'm going to do, I'm going to be down in that Capitol. Um, you know how we they have lobbyists? Well, guess what? I'm going to be there knocking on the doors. And if that doesn't work, I will take it to the streets. None of these companies want to be publicly seen as racist, but this systemic racism that's taking place is happening. And I am the light. I'm shining the light on it. So if I have to go to the media, if I have to go to the churches, if I have to get out in the streets and yell, these companies don't want this bad PR. So there are things that you can do as the insurance commissioner. You know, a lot of people want to pass the buck and say, hey, I can't do anything about it. Yes, you can. And yes
0: i will mm, no so you winning the election would make you the first black male insurance commissioner in georgia
1: yes nobody's done anything first black, anything, first black anything. right yes. black
0: anything so this is unprecedented territory who do you go to to help you as you're trying to figure this process out it's not like the last commissioner was black and you can call him up and say hey you know i'm trying to fill these shoes what what do you recommend like how have you developed your support system and people you go to to help you through this process
1: right so you know i you know i have a village i have a village of people industry professionals that i can lean on i also have a village of some politicians you know they've actually helped me navigate the waters uh, I'm also going to reach out to the other couple of Black insurance commissioners that had been in these other states. You know, there a lot of doors will open up. You know, being the first, of course, is going to be all eyes on you and all pressure on you, but there's also going to be a whole lot of support, you know?
0: Hey, we got we got a comment here. I got to throw up. Yeah. Uh, I think this is from...
2: Nicole, <clears throat> oh, you already know.
0: Oh, did it not pop up? Yeah,
2: there, there it is. She said, Raphael, uh, I'm lacing up. Put me in the campaign third. Put me on the campaign Thursday. Hey. I have, I have one day. She said, I have one day.
1: Come on, Nicole, let's hit these streets together. Said,
0: so, Nicole no. is one of our members that lives in Ohio. She's coming in for the event uh, this week. So, <laughs> Nicole, a <laughs>
2: day for you. Hey, come you on, Nicole, you
0: to work so.
1: He definitely look, like, I need I need all the boots on the ground that I can get. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Nicole.
2: Yeah. And sober members, as you all are chiming in, we appreciate it. If you have any questions for Raphael, throw that on, on the wall too. We will we will definitely um read that as well. But I'm picturing what you're saying, Raphael, as far as taking it to, you know, the legislator, taking it to the church, taking it to the streets. I don't I will be honest, you know, as far as starting sober. You know, there were always ideas in the back of my mind that at some point we would be able to help to influence legislation. And so I just got a really, really awesome image of of the type of support, you know, from ins- Black insurance agents, not just Black people, not mm-hmm. just insurance agents, but Black insurance agents. And I think how impactful, you know, that that could be.
1: Yes. You know, that that will be really impactful because at the end of the day, right now, we all we got.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: So this is a very public process. And, you know, I've I've only spoken to you a few times, but you don't look like you're the type of person that hides anything. But being that everything is so public, you know, two part question. One, how do you deal with that? And two, having to go through this process, what are some things that you've learned about yourself?
1: okay so you know everything is public but honestly when you walk in authenticity you don't have to worry about that because who i present while i'm campaigning is who i present while i'm home this ain't a mask this is who i am and when you're walking in who you are and you're walking in your purpose it doesn't matter guess what dig they can dig up anything from my past present and even my future. I own anything that I've ever done, and I completely own who I am. Nothing becomes a scandal until you start lying and denying. And that's not what I'm gonna do. Now, one of the things that I learned during this process is it's a hell of a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a lot of work. You know, you you see it on TV, you see, you see all of this, but it's constantly, you know, interviews, going to events. Speaking. Um, I had a debate this past Monday. That was so much fun, y'all. But there is just so much. It's constant movement. But I'll tell you though, instead of being exhausted, I'm actually energized because this is what I signed up for. And again, like I said earlier, when you are truly walking in your purpose, that that energy comes. So the energy is here, and I'm just as excited and just as passionate about this campaign and about being on this trail and being in these streets as I was when I launched back in January.
2: Nice. Nice. And you talk about yeah, you talk about authenticity and walking in your purpose. Talk to us about more of who you are when it comes to your purpose. Because there are some other things that I know you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um entrepreneurship being one of them. So yeah. talk to us about those things.
1: Okay. So, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in Philly. My mom was a single mom, you know, just two boys, me and my knucklehead brother. But we, we didn't have a lot. But I don't really want to say that I started from the bottom because we had love. My mom instilled education. She instilled, you know, service. Like We didn't have a lot, but people always came over our house to eat. You know, whatever we had, we gave. So I have a passion for giving back. You know, the Bible talks about to whom much is given, much is required. So I've been given a lot. I've been blessed a lot. But my background also put that hustle in me, that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. Remember those candy sales? I used to sell candy. I started the first school store in my high school. You know, I was always going to sell something. So I've always been passionate about that. And then I fell into the insurance industry and that literally changed my life. You know, I opened up my own agency, but, you know, I, I had my own agency. I had an interior design store. Just, I'm just an entrepreneur at heart. But not only am I an entrepreneur, I have the passion for creating other entrepreneurs. So one of the things that I've been doing in my career, in my insurance career, you know, I've been mentoring, I've been training, I've been developing people that want to open up their own agencies. So I have I have that under my belt. You know, a lot of people that have opened up their own agencies also helped other people open up other kinds of small businesses. And that's something else that I also want to do on a larger scale as insurance commissioner. Again, access and opportunity definitely passionate about that <clears throat> also a writer i got a couple books out i have a third one that's going to be in me you know after this campaign that's is over it. i'm going to put something out um eventually i'm going to do a memoir but y'all ain't ready for that yet uh, <laughs> a lot of different things you know definitely multifaceted. i'm not one-dimensional at all no. nice
0: all right so give me give me a second so i, I gotta get a personal moment here you said something I was writing down, I didn't get the last part of it. You said nothing becomes a scandal until you start lying and what was the second part?
1: Lying and denying.
0: That's my that's my that's my line for the night.
1: <laughs> lying
0: and denying. So I gotta ask you a basic question. We we always like to, to know this. We we often talked about the career of an insurance agent or broker not being something that's discussed in the black family as a career option. How did you get introduced to the industry?
1: All right. So, yeah, I never thought that I was going to be in the insurance industry. I thought I was going to be a heart surgeon and a farmer. Yeah, I believe that. So I uh, ended up moving to North Carolina. I got tired of Philly. I was like, hey, I need to get out of my comfort zone. I wanted something different. But when I got there, I could not find a job. So I ended up getting a job at a little bootleg telemarketing place. We were doing telemarketing for some little charity. I'm not sure if it was even a legal charity. Who knows? But I was like, I can't do this. So there was a temp agency in the building. So I polished up my resume, took it in there. You know, it was one of our cousins working in there. I said, hey, get me a job. I don't care what it is. Get me a job. She said, well, you know, there's an insurance agency that's hiring a receptionist. We need somebody, you know, answer phones, take payments. She said, the guy is an a-hole, but, you know, if you want it, we'll set up the interview. I said, set it up. <laughs> so I got interviewed. The dude reminded me of George Jefferson, um, you know, and he was, he was very upfront, very blunt. But, you know, I, I like this style. So he kept telling me, hey, you're... You're going to be bored. You're not going to just want to answer phones and take payments. You know, you're too smart for this. I was like, man, a couple of days went by. He didn't call me back. I left him a long voicemail selling myself. Next day he called me. I got the job. Long story short, I was answering phones and taking payments. But I started playing around with the system. I started learning terminology. I was like, oh, this is interesting because it was new. So he sent me to insurance school. Long story short, I got put back in the office and moved from that desk. And that really started my insurance career. I fell in love with insurance. I really did. Insurance is something that's always evolving, always changing. You know, and we are literally all of us here. We're literally changing the face of insurance. Insurance can be sexy. I'm proof.
2: There you go. Love it. Love it. I want it. I want to ask you this. We talk about our uniqueness um, in this space. What do you say? Or I don't know, have you even been confronted with the thought? I guess you would say like when, when Barack Obama was in office and there were so many individuals who were saying, you know, basically well, what are you going to do for Black people? And in my opinion, that was something that many people got disappointed in, they were looking for something specific, even though from what I recall, we didn't have a specific plan as, you know, as a people, um, which I don't know if that's possible anyway. But what do you say to people who look at you and say, what are you going to do specifically for Black people? I mean, you've talked about it, but how do you handle that kind of
1: So the thing about it is what happens, unfortunately, a lot of people have, you know, bright ideas and a lot of people, unfortunately, pander to people just for those votes. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, for me, I'm saying hold me accountable. Mm -hmm. Hold Mm -hmm. me accountable to the things I say I'm going to do. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to be open. I'm going to say, hey, this is what we're working on. And since part of my platform is specifically geared to Black people and people of color, I'm going to make sure I communicate what exactly we're working on, any stumbling blocks. Transparency is everything. You know, I will be the insurance commissioner for all, but I also have an agenda that's going to specifically address the inequities that we're facing. And I am unafraid to say that I'm working on behalf of Black people. Most people will... Get around it, you know, they will say this and that. They'll say just enough just to get your vote. You know, they got the hot sauce in their bags. But no, it's not me. This is who I am. This is what I want, and this is what I'm gonna do. And like I said, hold me accountable. Hold nice. me accountable.
2: I love it. I love it. We're coming down to the last 10 minutes, which is why we're talking about possibly extending sober live because the hour goes so fast. Um nice. TP, I know you probably have another question. If you do, I'll hold off.
0: I, I just got one quick question. I want to double back to the conversation about the insurance career not being a normal conversation in our community. You, you're very passionate about what you do, and definitely having uh, a black person as commissioner would, would help that cause. But on a personal level, what are some of your thoughts on how to get young people, you know, more attracted to? The industry. I love what you said. You know, too often we say it's not a sexy industry and we need to change yeah. the way we communicate, but also young people, they're not going to do what we did. I mean, we, we've been in this industry for a while. We put in 60, 70, 80 hours a week. These kids can make good money on TikTok and YouTube. So, you know, what is your messaging to attract younger people to the industry?
1: Well, so... I have attracted several young people and actually mentored them. And one of my young people that I mentored, he's actually opening up his own agency in June. But the thing about young people, you know, even though they have this microwave mentality, you show them the lifestyle that they can have and the lifestyle that can be sustainable. TikTok and all of that, that's quick, but is it sustainable? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you nice. kind of lead by example. I'm like, hey, look at me. This is where I came from. If I can do it, you can do it. The one that is opening up his agency in June, you know, when I first met him, I was like, yo, I said, you remind me of me. I said, but you're going to be even better because he got it earlier than I did. So Mm -hmm. it's not just telling them, it's showing them. You know, I'm not just going to teach you how to fish. I'm fishing with you. I'm in the trenches with people, you know, but again, lifestyle, you show them how they can create a lifestyle you know, this residual income, you just kind of explain it, break it down, show them the money, show them the money. money. Nice.
2: Nice. And you know what, to be, to be clear, I'm just looking at the three of us here and I know now based on what you're saying, Raphael, which is awesome. The mentorship part, but all of us have young people who are literally following in our footsteps right now. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate what you said earlier about us changing the face of insurance, we got one more question um, before we get to a quick segment we call Real Talk. Right. Okay. This question I want to ask you for the agents that are watching right now who still haven't found success because clearly, even though you haven't chronicled, you know, all this, you know, levels of success that you've reached. For those who haven't found success right now, and um, they're dedicated, they're passionate, but they're just struggling what would you say to them just as encouragement?
1: I would say don't give up. You know, a lot of times when you're in an industry or even when you own a business, it can be it can be a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So I, I say be encouraged and don't give up. But also you want to make sure you have multiple streams of income because everything is not going to always be popping at the same time. But that mm-hmm. way you don't really experience those extreme droughts you always want to have multiple streams of income and then also your network helps determine your net worth so if you're not necessarily finding success you might want to start going in some different places and moving in some different circles because you know your your tribe your tribe is definitely very instrumental in, in your success that is something that has absolutely helped me
2: Nice, nice. That's some good, good advice. All right, real talk. Question number one. What hey, is let your me, favorite? Let me, hold
0: on, one second, one second. Let me let me set this up. All right. Most people don't play this game right. Okay. It's rapid fire. It's not for okay. us to ask you a question you spend five minutes thinking of the answer. First thing that comes to your head, you can clean it up later if you need to. After <laughs> we ask you the question, but whatever comes to your head, it, it got to come out. Oh, okay. Now remember,
2: he is the first guest who told us he stays ready, so I don't even know why you gave him. <laughs> I
1: that. stay ready now. And <laughs> I hope right. y'all have the little beep button just in case I cuss. <laughs> you
2: don't. We don't. All right. So, what is your favorite food?
1: Macaroni and cheese.
2: Okay. All right. Um, what's your favorite thing to do when you're winding down?
1: Drink wine.
2: Okay. Okay, you are slowly becoming one of my best friends. What is something interesting most people don't know about you?
1: I like to sing, okay. and I'm not singing on the spot. That's not going to be okay. part of the rapid right. question. I <laughs> know uh, you said, "Mister,
0: stay ready," so you ain't got to get ready. <laughs> oh, I, he- I'm
1: ready, but y'all ain't. So
0: we're not going <laughs> to do that.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Let's, let's okay. keep moving. How do you describe your blackness? How do I describe my Blackity, Blackity, black? Hey. Okay. All right. All right. Lastly. Less- okay. What was important to you about joining us on Sober Live? What was
1: important was to actually be able to fellowship, you know, with other people in the industry to share my story, to share my platform. But I, my my tribe has also expanded. You know, I talked about the importance of a tribe. Y'all my tribe. Love
0: it. Love, love it. it. I think that's the um, that's best we've had so far. Not your answer, you played the game right. So you set I'm the, the ball high.
2: <laughs> he said nah. i'm gonna go well let's tell the people where they can find you um any last thing you want to leave with the audience
1: okay uh yes so you know i just want to let everybody know i am in this race because i want to create change not because i want clout i tell you definitely do your research on the candidates and some of y'all's faves i've mentored and inspired them as well Raphael Baker for Georgia.com. That's all spelled out. Uh, you can find me on social media at Raphael Baker for Georgia. Or if you just go to my website, all my social media handles are on there. So, you know, I say make sure you vote early. Early voting stops on May 20th. And don't just vote early. Vote for me. Because seriously, again, in the end,
2: we are, we got. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate that. Um, TP, anything you got?
0: No, Echo, same thing. I really appreciate you joining us. Really appreciate your energy, your passion. And uh, we look forward to continuing this conversation on Friday.
1: Yes, I can't wait. Thank you all for having me. I can't wait to come back on this show either. This is fun. Good.
2: Uh, Yep. We're going to have you back too. too. All right. right.
0: Talk to you soon, Raphael. Thanks. All right. Another dope interview. interview. Yeah, I'm I'm loving it. So (laughs) I'm going to do a couple of housekeeping notes Mm -hmm. and then I'll let you give the last word. So, um, we already covered black Friday. So just one more quick reminder guys, go ahead and register. Raphael will be at the event. So if you want to come out and see the superstar, make sure you (laughs) register because that's the only way you're going to be able to do that. Uh, also, Remember, we are not just on Facebook, family. We are on LinkedIn. We are on Instagram. We are on YouTube. You can catch us on Spotify and Apple. Do us a favor. Go out and whatever the the correct terminology is for that platform, do it. Click, like, support, subscribe, whatever. We need y'all over there. So make sure you follow us on the other platforms. And also want to give a shout out to all of our new members. I think we got about 10 new members in the group this week. Um, thank you all for joining us. Welcome to SOBA. And we hope you find some value in what we do.
2: Yeah. And thank you all so much for sharing SOBA You know, with your contacts. It's, the work we do is one thing. We go out and uh, we have conversations and we attract people to SOBA, but it is no secret. We know that the bulk of people that come into SOBA really, it's because you're spreading the word. So, make it a part of your week, make it a part of your day, spread it because I know you got really inspired tonight by Raphael. He said something so important. he talked about a tribe, you know, and this is our tribe, and we have to grow our tribe. There's so many agents out there and agency owners who are struggling in silos. you know, they don't have individuals to talk to about this space of industry and culture, and that is exactly what we created here. So again, just thank you all so much. Um, And just to leave you with a gem, I, I really didn't have anything. And I say, you know what? Something organic is going to come out of this conversation. And what I want to do, I want to use Raphael as an example of success. You know, when you are authentic to yourself, you have the opportunity to create authentic success and authentic wealth that no one can take from you when you're who you are. No one can take that from you. You know, that's, that's our number one job on this planet is to really figure ourselves out, you know, why we're here, what our purpose is, and what it is we're supposed to be doing. And I truly believe that someone like a Raphael is, is walking in his true purpose. So I just say, take a cue from that and, and think through who you really are, you know, your authentic self, and let that be who shows up. So thank you all again for joining us, and we will see you next time.
0: Later, sober family. Have a good one.